They're coming to get you, Barbara. Gone. Gone the form of man. Rise the demon. Exegan. Thank you for meeting me here again at the crossroads. I'm your host, Anthony Jerome M., and this is the nexus point of discussion where we cover creepy content, horror tales, and strange goings-on. I'm here to walk you through the horrors that send a direct chill to my spine, and while ultimately I hope you enjoy, if not, fuck you. Hello, hello, good evening everyone who decided to join me here again at the crossroads. I want to thank you so much for being here. It's fantastic to talk to you on what is, I'm going to say, a pretty joyous occasion. Uh, Today is my 32nd birthday, and I decided that I really, really wanted to drop drop an episode today. Uh, What better occasion than my birthday to release something... I don't know. I just... Well, what what, what better occasion? Like, if my birthday is not going to motivate me to drop something then what would? And because this is essentially my birthday episode, I wanted to talk about, well, what I've been thinking about is what I've been thinking about is I've been thinking about the things recently because I'm getting older and I'm like, I'm 32. That's not old by any means, but I'm thinking a lot about like what scares me now uh, what used to and a lot about what used to scare me as a kid and what fears that I had as a child have like sort of carried on into adulthood or what sort of things tickled me as a horror fan or a young horror fan that are still in there today like one of my biggest examples is one of my biggest examples is horror anthologies i absolutely live for a fucking horror anthology and if it wasn't for shows like Beyond Belief, Factor Fiction, um, The X Files, uh, what else? Even yeah, even Goosebumps. I don't think if I had not seen those as a kid, I don't think anthology horror would be would have as big of an uh, what's the word place in my heart as it does now. Like some people really, really, really enjoy slashers. They really enjoy like me. I really enjoy zombies. But a lot of these things that like we love today, a lot of us realize, oh, I used to love those as a kid too. So yeah, that's what I want to talk about because I've been thinking, I've been thinking about what, what scares me, what scares me now? Like as an adult, what scares me now? Um, being, being eaten alive, that's, that's still pretty up there. Um, because as I always say, teeth are not sharp. It's not, it's not the way to go. Uh, you know, people always talk about how being burned to death or drowning is like some of the like two of the worst ways to go, which I absolutely have. I, I don't disagree with in any way, shape or form, but I never hear people talk about being eaten alive. Um, now, maybe this is just because the zombie subgenre is my favorite, but I do think there's enough entries in the zombie ver- like world for like being eaten alive. I don't think it gets enough attention as it really should because it's, I, I couldn't imagine any way in which someone's going to be like, oh, well, you know, they bit me on the neck. It's it's totally fine. Like, you know, it, it's it's not like that. Like once you start getting bitten and once you start getting eaten, it's it's not going to be a good time. 
So yeah, that's, you know, like I said, being eaten alive, that's still up there is one of my top fears. Um, the ocean. Because uh, we, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know what's going on down there. And I'm not even somewhat interested in finding out what's going on down there. Like, if somebody can guarantee me a safe trip to the bottom of the ocean to explore what's happening, I still don't want to know what's happening. Like, if I got somewhat of a glimpse that there's fucking Cthulhu down there, either sleeping or awake and just waiting to come to the surface, I'm killing myself instantly. I'm done. I'm out of here. Like, I, 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 I have so little interest in knowing what's happening in the ocean. And... Even if you were to see like a boat or a submarine or some kind of ship and they have plotted their way and they know what way they're traveling through the ocean, it still seems as if they're wandering aimlessly through this vast, what's the, what's even the word? The ocean should show you just exactly how little you are. Like you don't need to understand how much bigger another planet is to realize, oh wow, if this planet's so big, what's happening on Earth is so small time. Like, no, listen, like there's such big things happening on Earth that what's happening on Earth is still small time. Like, yeah, there are humans who are impacting what's going on there. But still, it's very like if the ocean does not tell you that you're tiny and that what lies beneath is still <laughs> Is still something that you should be worried about. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, the ocean for me is absolutely terrifying. And then, like, as an adult, you have those other fears of, like, what if what if I found somebody who, like, actually did, in a romantic way, love me for me? I don't know. I don't know if who I am currently. I don't know if I'm able to appreciate that. Like... I have a I have a hard time accepting the friends who who love me platonically. I have a hard time accepting them and they love me for me. So it's like imagine somebody romantically loving me for me. I I'm just like, "Oh damn, now I have to come face to face with like what a piece of shit I can be at times." And you know, sometimes we don't want to we, we don't want to see all that. So it's just like there's so so many things that scare me now that like didn't scare me as much as they did when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I would often say, uh, well, my mom asked me one time, like, hey, what's the scariest thing that you've ever seen on TV? And despite the things that we're going to talk about in this episode, my answer was the news. And of course, I don't know why, but like my younger brother was just like laughing and laughing. He thought it was some of like the funniest shit he's ever heard. But like being a nine-year-old, 10-year-old kid when my mom asked me that, all I remember is like every time the news comes on, I'm hearing something about some sort of catastrophic, catastrophic event, um, murders, um, robberies going on. Um, if I would see something that happened really bad in the news, like uh, maybe people were killed in this location and there's cops outside and what have you. I can remember my mom and dad saying things like, oh, wow, that's just like two streets away. So me not being able to like, you know. Me being scared, it's like, wow, the danger was just over there. It could easily be over here. So, like, I was really scared of the news because it let me know that, like, despite what everyone was trying to tell me as a kid, like, things are okay, things are sunshine, things are rainbows, like, the world is actually a very, very terrifying place. And I think what happens, well, I don't know, because I, I only know, like, two, three, five kids, like, and, I, and, I'm and I'm related to all of them, so... 
it's not as if I have access to it, like a whole bunch of kids I don't know. But like, I think kids today, like they're, you know, like it, they were in our day, they're scared by things like monsters or being kidnapped or um, things of that nature. But also we underestimate their ability to be scared by the actual real things that are happening in life. And I don't think that's given enough attention, but uh, this isn't the place to do that. I just think, you know, as silly as we may think the fears of children are, they actually have, they actually do have real fears that I don't think is given stock simply because like, well, I'm not about to really care about the kid who thinks there's demons in the ground. You know, I, I kind of don't care that they think there's a monster in their closet, despite the fact that we, you know, may not even be taken into consideration that like they say monster in the closet, but there's someone in there who like they weren't expecting to be in there. And it, when they say, oh, there's a monster in my closet. Yeah. OK, whatever, champ. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure there is. Let me go ahead and pretend to check. You know, I, I just think like the fears of children are just so often dismissed, but also, you know, because they are kids like a lot a lot of things are bullshit like. There's not a monster under your bed. Like, you don't have a bed frame. There's no, there's nothing under there. Like, you know, there's no reason for you to be scared of a monster under the bed. There is no under the bed for you. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I really wanted to talk about some of the things that, like, I think I saw maybe too young. But I definitely wanted to talk about the things that fucking scared me as a child. Because, like I said, as I get older... I've been I've been really deep in thought these last few days as I approach my 32nd birthday. Like, what's today? Today is January 8th, Sunday. This is going to come out on Tuesday the 10th. But like, as, I, as I've been approaching my birthday, I've been just doing a lot of self-reflection um, for, a lot of for a lot of different reasons. But as I do this self-reflection, I, I start thinking about like, well, what, what am I afraid of? Uh, what scares me? What are the things that like, I'm afraid of that are irrational. What am what 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 am I afraid of? Of things that can be totally possible. Like I've been, uh, like I've been smoking twelve years. So for me to be afraid that I'm going to get cancer is a totally legitimate fear. Um, but for me to think that like because my door is halfway open and I don't remember it being halfway open when I thought I closed it or left it all the way open, is somebody messing with my shit? Like that's kind of like that's kind of like an irrational fear. Like hey, you just you just forgot how you left the door. Like there's no sinister plot happening here. So yeah, I've just been thinking about, I've just been thinking a lot about like what makes me afraid, what makes me scared, how does that impact how I live my daily life? Um, and also just, uh, I might cut this out, but like, you know, I'm afraid of looking dumb. I'm afraid of looking stupid. I'm afraid of being loud and wrong. Um, I do these things quite frequently. So they happen all the time. So it's not about being afraid of them. It's about how you like recover from it or how you deal with it once you have done this thing that you are afraid of or once you do see yourself in a way that you are afraid of seeing yourself. You know, I've just been thinking a lot about those kind of things. So as I said, this whole train of thought got me thinking about what scared me as a kid. So as I, as I approach my birthday, I kind of want to take a trip into like how we got here. You know, like like Paramore said, how did we get here? I won't sing the rest. I'm definitely cutting that shit. Like, this is the flattest I've ever, like, I'm recording right now and I'm looking at the little sound waves. Like, that's the flattest I ever was. So, learn something. So, I want to talk about 
the show. There's two, there's three different shows in particular that I believe jump-started my start into the horror world. So when I was a young, when I was, you know, when I was younger, when I was like maybe four, five, six, seven, I was definitely single digit age. My brother was definitely single digit age. Um, Growing up in the 90s, my mom and dad would have, well, I think there was a period of time where they both work nights. So what would happen is like one of my very fucking coolest aunts, um, whether she wanted to or not, that's neither here nor there. She would babysit me and my brother because she knew my my parents had to work. And I appreciate now what a massive burden she must have taken on because she had two kids of her own. And here she was watching her younger sister's kids. We're not talking about all that. Just had to quickly mention how much I appreciate that now as an adult. Like, as an adult... If you have me think about watching your your animal, I'm like already exhausted. So if you had me watch your kids, I can only imagine how tired I would already be. But so me and my brother, we would go spend the night at my aunt's house. And now, listen, this was a very nice thing she was doing. She would leave the TV on for me and my brother. So we had a like a night, a, a little like nightlight of sorts on just so we wouldn't be scared throughout the night. Now, what she didn't know or what she claims to not know is the kind of programming that came on at TV when it was bed that came on TV when it was bedtime. When it was bedtime, she would leave the TV on Fox and what would come on is Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, X-Files and another show called Millennium, which I believe was a spinoff of X-Files. And I fully believe, because I I think I was probably about six years old, it was a little bit before Goosebumps came out, I think this is when I was exposed to these shows. And these shows have, they're the reason, I I, I believe it, they're the reasons why I love horror anthologies so much. Because in Beyond Belief, Fact or Fiction, each episode has three to five stories, and at the end of the episode, they're going to tell you which of these stories are true and which of these stories are fake. And when I tell you some of the wildest fucking stories on this show are real, I need like I need to tell you why I'm talking about this show. And I need to tell you the one of the things that fucked me up most as a kid. So one one night me and my brother were staying the night at my aunt's house. She leaves the TV on, she goes to bed. And Beyond Belief Factor Fiction comes on, and there's a story that's being featured called The Red-Eyed Monster. Now, The Red-Eyed Monster, it's, there are so many horror stories that, that, that follow kind of like the same kind of formula of that episode. It's this new family, it's this family, they move into a new house, and what happens is the son of that family starts seeing a red-eyed creature in the house. And there, there will be certain nights where he will see this red-eyed creature snarling in his room, and he screams for his parents, Mom, Dad, there's a monster in my room. Like, you know, all that same usual kid shit. And so, of course, the parents, like, run to the room. They investigate. They see that there's nothing going on. And they're like, oh, Billy, what, like, what are we going to do with you? You're, you're so crazy. There's nothing going on here. And so what happens is 
the family, they're trying to adjust to their new house and the family has a maid. I don't remember her name. Um, she's like Scottish or something. So her name is like, you know, I, I don't even know. Uh, Mrs. Brambleshite. What, I, what, how, I, don't, I can't even fake a Scottish name. I don't know how they go. But like the little boy, Billy or Timmy or Tommy or whatever is like, yeah, whenever I go to sleep, I see a red-eyed monster and it walks through the house. It tells me to shut up. It tells me it's going to hurt my family. And whenever I scream for my parents, they never see it. And so the maid is like, you, you know what? Kids have overactive imaginations. Like they always like to say about kids. And she tries to quell his anxieties. So the story basically ends with, oh, you know what? Real quick sidebar. I've decided I'm going to do this new thing. I live really close to a busy street where there's a train that often passes by, cars whiz by really fast, and police and ambulances whiz by really fast. So whenever I hear one of them, it's time to take a drink. I just heard a car whiz by, it's time to take a drink. Mm -mm -mm. All right. <clears throat> so like I was saying, the story eventually ends with the family basically convinces the kid like, hey, you know what, when when we're young, we have an overactive imagination. I'm sure you think you saw what you saw, but I want you to let I want to let you know monsters don't exist. So me being a young kid, just because the red eyed monster in this show in the 90s, when technology like this was. Oh, my God, this was 25 years ago. I, oh my God, 25 years ago. Oh my God. How old am I? Yeah. Okay. So even with the shitty graphics of 25 years ago, 1997, we see this red eyed creature and it's like, oh damn, that was pretty, that was pretty scary. But I'm so glad that like they convinced the kid that nothing's going on. So we get to the end of the episode after the five stories, you know, um, go on oh this is this one fake is this one real we'll tell you at the end of the episode so at the end of the episode can you imagine my single digit age ass when we get to the story of the red-eyed monster and the host jonathan frakes i don't know if you like star trek the next generation but he's in there also if you like xanatos from goliath i'm uh, not goliath excuse me gargoyles the animated series he's that guy as well Amazing, fantastic. We love Jonathan Frakes in this house. Kind of. So we get to the green, the red-eyed monster portion of the, hey, is this real? Is this fake? Is this fact or fiction? And come to find out the tale of the red-eyed monster is fucking real. And I do ultimately believe I would have been okay hearing that that story was real if my aunt didn't have a red light bulb in her hallway that completely illuminated the entire hallway red illuminated the hallway red in such a way that even though she had her bedroom door open it looked like uh, we just heard a car taking another drink okay but the light in the hallway illuminated such this 
disgustingly bloody, horrifying red. Like if you watch the scene in Suspiria when all the girls are sleeping in the same room and you see that red light, imagine that times 10. It's, it's everything is red. Everything is bright. And because she wanted us to be able to find our way to the bathroom, she had the bathroom door open as well. Now, the bathroom was just a little bit away from her bedroom, and these doors were both open. Just in case, you know, because we're kids, if we got scared, or, you know, if something actually fucking happened and we had to run over there. But this light in the hallway, this bright red light was so bright that it made her bedroom look entirely pitch black. It made the bathroom look entirely pitch black so you didn't even want to enter like you didn't want to enter the hallway because it was so scarily bright red but like let's say you didn't enter the hallway you don't want to go into the bedroom and you don't want to go into the bathroom because those two areas are fully pitch black like you know what i'm gonna take my chances with the tv telling me stories that i don't want to hear i'm not going in the fucking hallway and like to this day we still laugh about it but to this day, you cannot convince me that she didn't have that red light in there to be like halfway, like halfway a kid deterrent. Like maybe it's all she had available, but like you had a red light bulb around for years. Like it also makes me wonder, like, how do you sleep? Like, have you, you saw that episode? Maybe you've seen that episode of Seinfeld where like Kramer can't sleep in his apartment because of the chicken restaurant having the red light blaring in his room. How was my aunt and my uncle able to sleep with that red light just fully blaring? Or like, what was going on to where it that red light wasn't going into their room? Uh, listen, my child mind has no answers. I have no understanding. All I know is that like this shit scared the fuck out of me. Now, what happened as we got older? Now, it would be like usually what would happen is after Beyond Belief came on, like my brother would be asleep before the episode even finished. So as the episode finished, I would fall asleep, shitting my pants, really. Pass passing out from fright is what it really was. And so as I got a little bit older, maybe like six months, seven months older from that point, what would come on after Beyond Belief Factor Fiction is The X-Files. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess something to you here because I, I was young. I didn't know anything back then. I didn't know the X-Files was about aliens until I was a teenager. Um, just simply because when I did catch X-Files, it was very much Monster of the Week. It was very much, hey, I'm going to need you guys to go to Utah. It was very supernatural. Oh, we're going to Wyoming to catch a, a Wendigo. Very, you know, just very, very, very like that. It wasn't until I got older and the movies came out, I found out there was actually a connecting thread. Like... There's a reason why Mulder says, like, he wants to believe or has that poster that I want to believe. Um, it was very, and I didn't know that the train just passed by. I can't take a drink right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, listen, I, I'm playing a dangerous game. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to skip that one for now. But yeah, it wasn't until I got older that I realized X-Files had this connecting thread of extraterrestrials. I literally just thought it was like Monster of the Week. Because also around this time, there was a show, uh, the Men in Black animated series came out. There was also a Ghostbusters animated series that came out. And it was very Monster of the Week. And it all reminded me of like, and beyond belief, they all reminded me of like, uh, when I saw, excuse me, 
when I saw X-Files, I'm like, oh, yeah, you remind me of all these other shows. And I didn't know it was like a little bit a little bit deeper. I didn't really. Of course, I know now it was geared towards adults. It wasn't for single digit age kids. But there's some things I saw in that show. There's an episode called Home. It's one of the most popular episodes of the X-Files. Um, people say that it's very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre um, because it does involve incest and cannibalism and this weird house, uh, decrepit house, which is very similar to the house that the Sawyers have in Texas. Um, so yeah, the, I remember the very first episode I saw of X-Files. There's this fucking creature escaping the sewers. Uh, some human, some agent detective or what have you follows it into the sewers and like bites his neck or something. And so like, and the creature for the nineties being a kid looked fucking scary. He had this huge ass mouth, huge ass lips, super sharp teeth, and was like attacking people. And like, here I am scared fucking pissless. And like, what am I going to do? I can't go to my aunt's room because there's a red ass hallway and her black ass room. I can't even go to the bathroom and get the piss out of me because like it's pitch fucking black in there. But here I am and I got to watch this fucking creature devour people in the sewers. And so like I was <laughs> so like my like my desire to be feet like. From that point, I, I grew a desire for my fear button to be pushed. And for me, it's kind of like laughter. Like, if you hear a funny joke, you're going to laugh. If you hear the funniest joke you've ever had, you're going to laugh really hard. But you're not going to laugh as hard unless you hear something funnier than the thing that you heard previously. Like, if you heard something that made you laugh so hard it brought you to the point of tears you're not gonna laugh that way again until you see something even funnier so like i i attribute that with like being scared and with fear as well like all of these things that scared me as a kid and all of these things that scare me now even the thing that i see right now and i can tell you that oh xyz this is the scariest thing that i've ever fucking seen nothing else will scare me that way until I see something scarier. And it's it it it's part of what keeps me in the horror community because I do want to see something that's going to scare me more. I want to see something that's going to disturb me more. I want to see something that's going to make me feel even more sick. Um, you know, like I said, it, 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 to, for me, it's, it's like that with laughter. It's like that with being scared. Um, it's like that with... It's like that with a lot of things. And... So, like, for me, these these series brought up, like, hey, okay, so we scared you this much. Uh, so, like, I'm trying to get scared more. I'm trying to feel that exact same way. I'm trying to see if there's anything creative enough that makes me as scared as I felt as I did when I was a kid. And some things have. And some things have. And, like, we're not, uh, we're not going to get into it here because it's not what we're talking about. And, honestly, if I talked about it here, I think I wouldn't do it a, a, a service at all. Um, but I will say, um, there is a podcast I love listening to called Snap Judgment Presents Snap Judgment Presents Spooked. It is one of my favorite horror podcasts out there. It's what I believe 
real people telling their real scary stories. And there are so many stories on there that are absolutely fucking creepy where I just automatically believe because it's a different person every episode telling a different story. I assume that's their story and I assume that they're being honest. And there are some really fucking scary things on there. And there have been a couple of things on there that have made me lose sleep. So like not to tell in myself here, but I'm constantly on the lookout for horror things that are going to possibly make me lose sleep because I'm so afraid to close my eyes that I don't want to think about what I just saw in my dreams. I don't want to think about it any further. And I did just hear a car go by and I am ready for a drink. So I'm going to go ahead and do that. All right. Snickers got me got me feeling like I might order a burrito later. See, now that's the train. And I'm not going to take a drink because I just took one. So, and here's another car whizzing by. So, like, I, I am playing a dangerous fucking game. Okay. So, I wanted to bring up these shows because I remember these shows. I do believe that these shows that I watched as a kid, my aunt's red light in her hallway... And honestly, her kind of laughing about it. <laughs> like me and my brother as a kid would tell her like, hey, like that red light's scary. Like, why do you have that? And like, she would just kind of laugh about it. And like, she laughs about it to this day. She'll even say like, oh, um, if I put a red light, you're not going to go, right? So it is still pretty fucking funny. But like as a kid, if if there's a red blaring light barrier preventing you from the person you think is like your safe haven like you're gonna think pretty negatively about red light and i do so <laughs> i want to talk about these shows specifically because i do think these shows have carried over into my adult life where i love a horror anthology like if it's bad if it's good put it in front of me i will watch it i'll probably watch the whole thing i may not like it but what i there's that like greedy part of me who like I can't start in a, a horror anthology without finishing it because I do believe there's going to be at least one gem in there. Um, if there's not, then I will fucking diarrhea shit all over your name any chance I get. But it's it's been a very long time since that's that's happened. <laughs> and so those are the TV shows. Now, let me talk about, this is something that, that may have happened around the same time, but I do think it happened when I was a little bit older, maybe one or two years older. So I think I started watching Beyond Belief, X-Files, and Millennium around seven, like let's say seven years old. Um, I think around nine years old, when I started getting used to these TV shows, when I started watching things like Goosebumps and... Um, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, these horror stories, they exist, they're fun, okay, cool. Um, there was this book at the local library. Me and my brother, we just randomly came upon it. It was, I believe it was called, like, the Encyclopedia of Monsters. And the reason why I don't know for sure is because I have looked up this book um, periodically throughout my life. So I think I saw this book, like, let's say I was first eight years old when I first saw it. I think maybe every other year or so, I go looking online, Amazon, that same local library, because it is still open, 
um, I'll go looking to see if I can find anything that looks similar to this book. And even my brother, because my brother still takes my niece to that library we used to go to as a kid. Um, and like, even my mom will take her and like, they'll go look for books. And my brother has not even been able to find that book. But in this book, it was like an encyclopedia of monsters and it had like, um, the Frankenstein monster and Dracula and the creature on black Lagoon, the, uh, the creature from the black lagoon, <clears throat> excuse me. But one of the things that like, well, the only thing that stuck out from that entire book was the goblin. And this encyclopedia entry details what a goblin is. And in that book, it says the goblin is a creature that likes to eat children. And it will wait in areas where children are going to be so it can capture one and take one and then feast upon it scary enough on its own but the illustration in this encyclopedia was a goblin hunched over simply waiting just waiting on a jungle gym now we see the goblin on the jungle gym and if you look over to the right what we see is we see a classroom and we see a bunch of children staring outside of the window, fearful for their lives. And the teacher has like a little voice bubble that says, children, it's time for recess. Why aren't you going outside? And then all the children are really looking outside the window, fearful of this goblin that's literally just waiting to take them out or to take one of them out to feast on it. And it just really made me interested in like, are is there this like sort of inherent fear that children? Well, there's this fear that children have about monsters, but I wonder like, is there this fear of goblins that maybe has carried over from one century to another that makes us afraid of like just people who give us a really bad vibe? And so yeah, it was just what was that. <laughs> okay, upstairs neighbor making weird noises. But yeah, no, there's um something about this goblin that was incredibly um scary. And it's the reason why whenever like so I'm black and I'm Mexican. So whenever somebody who's like Puerto Rican or Filipino or just literally anything else, they talk about the creatures that like the kids are afraid of in like their folklore or like their hometown. It's like, I'm not going to pretend like that's some bullshit because we have those exact same things here. And I think, uh, you know, of course, like, you know, children are the weakest, uh, you know, for the most part, they're the weakest among us. So like, I think it's weird to like not acknowledge their fears. So yeah, um, the goblin. Like I said, I've, I've looked online almost every year, every other year since I've seen that book to see if I can find it again. My, like my brother has gone to that same library looking for the book and has not found it. And I would, not that I would do anything, to find that entry again and be able to share it. But I would, I, I would do a lot to be able to show that this is not just a figment of my imagination. <laughs> not only that, but there are a couple of things that I wanted to mention that I 
things that I definitely saw too young. Um, <laughs> just some of the internet videos that I think if you're uh, older than a certain age, you've probably seen these videos as well. Like, um, one man, one jar. <laughs> um, uh, death by horsecock. Rotten.com. I, I just think some of these, uh, the fact that I saw these things at such a young age, they kind of, they desensitized. I don't want to say that these things desensitized me because if I did see anything like Death by Horsecock or if I saw anything like the person who had their head blown up in Unrotten.com or if I just saw anything to the effect of like, just something really gruesome and brutal and nasty. I don't think I'm totally desensitized to it, but I do think if I saw something like that happen in front of me, I'm not going to be like most other people and like, uh, they're, they're going to shatter into a million pieces. Like, I do think it desensitized me in like a good way. Like, let me know that these sort of things exist, but also at a young age, it's like, do you need to know that the human body can combust in this kind of way? Like, uh, it's probably not going to really serve you that well in the long run. But for me, I choose to take it as like, well, I'm glad to know that can happen because I'd rather not live my life ignorant. Like human human bodies are like literally water balloons of blood. You know, they're easy to combust and they can break at any moment and they can dis like, you know, they can go into pieces for any mo for any which reason. And so like I do think that understanding was kind of impressed upon me. It's like like you're fragile whether you believe it or not whether you want to believe it or not and I, I i do appreciate having that understanding of things now the very last thing that i want to talk about is like how did we get here um so i mentioned um, beyond belief factor fiction and what you'll be able to notice if you were someone like who wasn't like me and read the credits when you watch Beyond Belief Factor Fiction, is that you'll see that one of the writers of a lot of the stories on Beyond Belief was Alvin Schwartz. And he's responsible for a lot of the stories in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. And for me, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark fully brought out the spooky bitch essence. The like, oh, hey, um, here are these stories. You're going to like them. And because you like them, you're a weirdo now. Like, all of these stories have such a specific, they have a specific reason to be told, and they're all so scary, and they all have their own justification for being in the book. And one of the scariest stories in the book that I can remember is the story about Harold, the doll that comes to life after being relentlessly abused by the people who created him. And... For me, it's one of the oldest examples of a doll story because we have Chucky, we have Annabelle, we have uh, Megan. <laughs> Who else do we have? We have the boy. Uh, we just have all of these uh, evil doll creatures. But for me, this was like a very nice example of an old one that doesn't really get too much attention. And I strongly recommend that everyone listen to listen to or read the story of Harold because it is quite fucking scary. 
And there's even tell of a dance that Harold does across the rooftop after he is stretched across one of his creator's skins across a drying rack of sorts. And just does this dance from the left to the right, from the right to the left of the rooftop. And the other person who created Harold sees what happened, understands their doll came to life, and just fucking books it. <clears throat> So yeah, these are co- <laughs> so yeah, these are kind of some of the things of, uh, kind of some of the roadblocks of how Anthony Jerome M stands here, sits here before you, podcasting about the things that like tickles his horror sensibilities, and like this is kind of where I came from. These are the things that kind of built me up. Uh, of course, there's like the scary stories my cousins told me growing up. Um, there's the ways in which my family tried to scare me growing up. But see, these are some of the staples that I do believe other people have as staples in their own upbringing of horror. And for me, it was just like I really wanted to just shine a light on where I came from because I do think moving forward, we're going to be shining a light on the horror that like tickles us now, the horror that may be lighting the pathway for new horror like... Um, I think Sissy, which came out on Shudder in 2022, I think Sissy is going to be the blueprint for how we handle influencer horror. I think we're going to be showing influencers as the terrible people that they can tend to be, as opposed to people everybody wants to aspire to when it's like they're literally doing things for like clicks and views. Um, What else do we have? What else do we have? What else do we have? I think we have things like Dead Streaming, which I personally believe is just an awful movie. But I do think if given the right structure, this would have been a fantastic viewing. Um, what, what's, uh, what's its horrible sister dash cam? I, I, I think we have the, the people who like to wear MAGA hats putting their uh, hats into the ring. Um, I think eventually we're going to have people with a little bit more sense throwing their non-red hats into the ring. And we're going to be able to get those fears and uh, goose pimples just to show us how 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 scary the world is in ways that we didn't even perceive because they didn't fit either our sense of scary or they were able to peer into our world and let us know like, hey, you're worried about XYZ? Well, you also have like negative XYZ to also worry about. So like, you know, be on your toes or something. <laughs> you know, just just a suggestion. Thanks, management. Um, But yeah, that's my birthday episode. I just wanted to talk about some of the things that scared me growing up, some of the things that scare me now. And um, I just want to say I hope you all enjoy your remaining days. I know I'm going to try to. And I will see you on the next one, which should be out way sooner than you think. Bye. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Gone, gone the form of man, rise the demon, and forget.